Well, once again, happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. I'm going to begin this morning by sharing a little bit of Labor Day history. When I looked up Labor Day, this is what it said. Observed the first Monday in September, Labor Day is an annual celebration of the social and economic achievements of American workers. The holiday is rooted in the late 19th century when labor activists pushed for a federal holiday to recognize the many contributions workers have made to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being. Incidentally, the first Labor Day holiday was celebrated on Tuesday, September 5th, 1882 in New York City. Big parade, big to-do, but it didn't become a national holiday until June 28th, 1894, when President Grover Cleveland officially signed it into law, declaring the first Monday in September each year a national holiday. Unofficially, of course, Labor Day, here in Minnesota anyway, marks the end of the state fair. So if you haven't been there yet, tomorrow's your day. Uh, it's also the unofficial end of summer. Uh, school begins on Tuesday, folks, so it's all over. It's all, it's all downhill from here. No, no. Uh, and since most of us fall into one of three categories, either we're getting ready to join the workforce, we're in the workforce, or we're retired from the workforce, well, this holiday is for each one of us. In short, we are a working society. Some of us have a series of different jobs throughout our lifetime. Some stay with the, our, the same employer our entire life. Some of us love our jobs, while others, not so much. <laughs> Some view their occupation as something separate from God. They kind of compartmentalize their life into categories. This is my work life, this is my home life, this is my spiritual life. But God wants to be included in every aspect of our lives. So what does God say about work? In Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, the Apostle Paul writes, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as a reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. Well, that right there is a challenge, isn't it? For most of us, working is a reality of life. Money is necessary. We need to pay the bills, buy food, clothing, other things, the list goes on. Our job, however, should not be the most important thing in our life. My niece's husband worked for one of the big home improvement retailers here in the state. They touted themselves as being a family company, but that was really not the reality. Many of their policies actually felt anti-family. They wanted their employees, especially their managers, to treat their jobs as the most important part of their lives. Well, I'm here to tell you, if any one of us make our job the most important part of our lives, uh, it's not going to end well. 
We're not going to be happy. There's not fulfillment there. As Christians, our number one priority needs to be God. And second to God is family. As important as our work may be, it is never as important as our relationship with God. And if our priorities are out of whack, if, if we find ourselves trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, working ourselves ragged to gain some sort of status or perceived success, then we need to take a good hard look at our lives. Yes, we need to earn a living, but if our relationships are suffering because we're chasing after the things of this world, it's safe to say it's time for a heart check. Spending time with God beyond these 45 minutes on Sunday morning, spending quality time with our loved ones, these are very important things. And, and we all need downtime a time of rest. I mean, after all, Labor Day was created to provide a holiday for the American worker. Now, of course, there are many people who work on Labor Day. But the premise is still important. God modeled this for us. Work hard, but make sure you take time for rest. If the creator of the universe takes the time to rest, then certainly you and I need to do the same. Last week, we had Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge in the building. I hope you got to see that or were here for that. It was really uh, an inspiring morning. I spoke to one of the guys uh, after the service. He had been a CEO, big house, nice cars, and he was working tons of crazy hours. He got caught up in addiction. He was chasing what he thought success looked like. He now recognizes his priorities were out of whack. And don't get me wrong here, folks. Wealth is not bad. Being wealthy is not a sin. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, said, make all you can, save all you can, give all all you can. The question is, what is our motivation when we're trying to make all we can? Let's talk about the Apostle Paul for a moment. The author of much of the New Testament, he was a preacher, a teacher, a missionary, an evangelist, and so much more. But he also had a job. Acts 18 tells us Paul's a tent maker. You know, I sometimes forget about that. That while all this was going on, while his ministry was going on, he had a, he had a job. He was a tent maker. He didn't stop being a tent maker to share the gospel. His occupation was a means to accomplish the mission. Paul worked hard. The money he earned helped fund his ministry. And 
it also gave him the opportunity to make relationships. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about finding common ground with whomever he is with to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sharing common ground with others helps us build relationships, helps us build trust. Sometimes finding common ground means we have to go to the people rather than waiting for them to come to us. John Wesley again. Wow, twice in one sermon. John Wesley talked about becoming vile for the sake of Christ. You ever heard that? A great example of that was when Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City, they're the largest Methodist church in the country, they were adding a downtown location. This was quite a few years ago. And they were, uh, they were looking at some different sites, and the building they were thinking about was surrounded by bars. And there was even a strip club. Some folks were against using that location. But in the end, they decided to move forward with it. And really, where better to be? They could meet these folks right where they were at. They suddenly had access to people that they didn't before. Each one of us has access to people that others do not. Some of you are in the medical profession. Some are educators. We have plumbers, contractors, sanitation workers, government employees, the list goes on and on. The point here is we so often look at our jobs and think, well, I don't have a career in ministry. I work in the secular world, so this doesn't really apply to me. Nothing could be further from the truth. It takes all of us. You've heard the term marketplace ministry. That's what I'm talking about here. Don't waste those opportunities. Create relationships. Get to a point where maybe you can even share your faith story. There is no such thing as a ministry job versus a secular job. It's all ministry. It's all ministry. The Great Commission, that's for each one of us. We all have a calling on our life. And I know you hear that from me a lot, but I think it's really important, and it's so easy to forget. In the ninth chapter of Matthew, Jesus tells us, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. In the Old Testament, uh, there's, a, there's a book called Nehemiah. His goal was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, which had lain in ruins for like 150 years. It was a huge job, something he certainly could not do alone. And in the third chapter of Nehemiah, 
there are 32 verses that explain the work that was done and the names of this diverse group of people who did the work. People from all walks of life. This is cool. It shows us God uses each one of us. Doesn't matter how old we are, what our job is, man, woman, child, he uses each one of us. It also shows the importance of teamwork. Even though they faced multiple obstacles, and I'm not just talking about a little bit of rain or something, I mean their lives were threatened. In spite of that, the wall was built in 52 days. People couldn't believe it. And lastly, and this is probably the coolest of all, God rewards faithful workers. I mean, think about it. These people, otherwise unknown for the most part, are forever recorded in the Bible. God thought this was important enough that it be in the Bible. I think that's cool. So, in our jobs, our, our occupations, we're called to work as though working for the Lord. And we need to take time for rest, allowing for time with God and with family. But what about service? And maybe right now you're sitting there going, you know what, Julie? It was all I could do just to get here today. And now you want me to serve too? I get it. And maybe that's the season you're in. Maybe you're working multiple jobs. Maybe you're going to school. Maybe you got kids and you're running them all over. Busy, busy, busy. I get it. But there's still things you can do. My dad always said, if people around you are working, don't just stand there. Pitch in. You never want to be the one standing around when there's work to do. And there is work to do. We don't want to be lazy Christians. If you're seated in this sanctuary right now, you could be a greeter, an usher, helping at the welcome desk. And as I look at the faces here, all of you are very, uh, really good about that. Really good about giving of your time and your talents. For anyone watching out there, you could be a preschool leader. You could lead an elementary age small group. During the week, you could write to a shut-in or maybe visit them. You could facilitate a Bible study, sign up to help at the fall kickoff coming up on September 26th. The list goes on and on, folks. We are not meant to be consumers. We are called to play an active role in the life of the church. And I'm not saying this to guilt any one of us. That's not what this is about. I just don't want anybody to miss out. Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do.
I want that verse to be about all of us. My challenge for each one of us today is to look at how we're spending our time. Look at our priorities. In our jobs, are we working as if for the Lord? Allowing God to work through us as we interact with those around us. Are we serving the body of Christ, not merely spectators or consumers? My prayer is that we all hear God's call and respond. Here I am, Lord. And in all we do, work as though working for the Lord.